Mary and Mario, a couple over there, uh, pastors, uh, gave me a dream last, last week. And that dream was a very interesting dream. And really what it talked about was a, a, a presence coming in here and trying to disrupt this uh, service. And that doesn't sound like much if you think about it. I'm sure he tries to do it everywhere. But it's a very, very strong presence. And I know that the enemy really wants to disrupt things. Because we're at a very key point in our time. Matter of fact, this has probably been one of the most interesting weeks I've had in a long time, if not ever. Uh, it's been very interesting with, for, for a lot of reasons. I'm going to try to give you a taste of them. Today I have to get out of here early because they're doing this. I have to fly out at 155, so it'll be short. So it's going to be mainly a talk about what I think God's doing right now and what he's doing differently. Uh, last uh, week ago Thursday... I met with a, uh, Steve Maddox. I don't know if you know him. He's one of the only other bridge pastor here in California right currently, right now. And we had a great talk, and he talked about something that really was uh, interesting to me. He talked about, he didn't call it divine connections, but he had met someone, somebody that you and I, at least I had never heard of before. And I don't think most people would. I can't remember his name offhand. This, he has now passed away. But this, this man um, knew presidents and kings and all kinds of people. God had him hidden. And he had many, many connections with many, many people. And God would do some unbelievable things. Hundreds would come to the Lord at once when he's talking to them. Everywhere he'd go, things would connect. And that was interesting to me. And I said to the Lord, you know, I want that. You know, you ask God for things, you, you can get them that other people have. You know, I want that. I want that thing with divine these kind of divine connections things. And so that week started a very, very interesting week for me after that. Because the first one, since I said that, now I've had other divine connections before. You know, I, I believe the connection with Mondo and Lewis uh, is a divine connection. I see a lot of people here. Jay, I've known for a long time, is a divine connection. There are many, many divine connections that I have in this room. But there, there are ones that flat God orchestrated, you know, uh, that, that are a connection that are for the kingdom purposes that I've never really looked at before. I've always thought about uh, divine appointments, and I've had many of those, you know. I'm sure we all have talked about the Lord. But I've seen something different right now called divine connections. Now, the, the first uh, one since then really was... Uh, Kathy and Mario. They're right there. They're pastors, and so is Mondo, and so is Lewis. Uh, they're all pastors. And we have an ignorant amount of pastors for a little church here that are, you know, that are part of us, uh, that, have, that God's bringing something together. Why? Because there's something important that's going to happen here. Not because about anybody in here, but about what God wants to do with this area. And that was the first connection. And they gave this dream, and I, I'll maybe think about saying the dream later. It's a scary dream, but it's a very, very powerful dream. And I think it's a very, very accurate dream for what the enemy wants to do because of what God wants to do. So we met and we talked. They came over to the house Monday, and we had a very long conversation, great conversation. I mean, love these guys already, this immediate connection. God's doing something there. Yeah, I love it. The next connection was a guy named uh, uh, Tim Bentz. He was the one that came here Wednesday. Uh, it was through Mondo. Mondo hadn't even met him yet. Talked to him on the phone, connected him with me. You know, still hasn't met him. He's going to sooner or later. <laughs> Talked to him on the phone a bunch of times. 
But this was an extremely interesting connection. Now, he's the one that brought out and really just pointed out to me about divine connections. And what divine connections? How God wants to build his church based upon divine connections, not the regular gather people together, but assemblies of people together that he is divinely connected. You know, I've watched a lot of people come through here, and not a lot of people stay. And I've always known, and we've talked about it quite a few times, uh, leaders, is that they have to be called to this place. That, that people, and that's what we're looking for, people that have the same heart as us. And that's a heart of warfare, the heart that just says that I'm not going to quit until God blesses me and blesses the church. That type of thing is a DNA that is built into this church and is very, very important. And, and so people have come in, and, and the ones, there are ones yet to come in yet that, that are essential to what God wants to build. But this Timothy, Timmy guy, Timothy, I don't know which way he likes to call himself, lives in Oklahoma. Now, he's had about 20 years worth of training from the Lord about divine connections and gateways. Gates. Now, he talked a lot about divine connection with me and how God would want to build his particular church and how he'd put them together. Now, I'm going to talk about some of that stuff today just to, just to get your interest. To get your interest that you'd begin to ask God, what does this really mean? That we could talk about what it really means and what God really wants to do with it. Because I'm just beginning to figure this out. I'm just looking at this thing. I'm not even figuring it out. I'm getting the, the basic snapshot of it. But God wants to give a greater snapshot than just a snapshot in here. And it's something he's put in our DNA is that we'd be a body that works together for what he's doing. It's not about what I'm doing or anything else. And as I learned about divine connections, I'm seeing even more how that is true. See, God wants to build a, a people that he particularly knitted together, that he had a purpose for and designed for that is far greater than we can comprehend and see. He has plans we don't know and we don't understand, and we don't know how they work out and why they work the way they do, but he has plans like that. And he has that plans work together with uh, uh, gates. We, we talk about uh, gates, and we actually look at two different types of gates, basic types. One is like a portal, which we've all talked about and thought about quite a bit, which is one to heaven. And that kind, you find that like with Jacob's ladder in the Bible, where there was a stairway where angels went up and down to heaven. Uh, and I'm told if you go anywhere around a half a mile of that place, the presence of God is so strong that, 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 that it amazes you. Uh, a portal also would be like the Ark of the Covenant, where the Lord rests. It's an open heaven right to there. Uh, we see them all the way through the Bible, uh, different portals. But there's another type of gate, too, and it's a lateral gate. It goes horizontally. It's, it's into areas and into peoples and into what God wants to do. Now, this type of gate is something really new to me that I don't really think of, you know, I know very much about. I just know that there's two types of them, and I know that, that God has prophesied to me and to this church multiple times that we're a gate. You know, and, I, and my question always was, is, a gate to what? Because nobody tells me. Gate to what? <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's a real question. I've asked a couple of people that, and they can't really answer me because they don't know the, the, the extent to it. See, each and every one of you are a gate in your own realm. What realm he gives you and what extent a gate you have is depending upon his choice and your response to him. In other words, for example, a gate 
is something, you know, just think about what a gate is, like a door. That's another point. What goes to that door is important. And, and someone can open the, now, Sebastian's standing at the door. He could be a doorkeeper, you know, uh, and he could close the door where nobody could get in or open it and let other people in. Well, see, a gatekeeper does that very same thing. He allows things to come in and things not to come in. That's why I say to you that you're a gatekeeper too. Because you make the decision in your life what comes into your life and what doesn't come into your life. So you're all a gatekeeper to some extent. Most of us go beyond that just extent for ourselves. If you're if you're married, you may be a gatekeeper as a husband would be a gatekeeper to their marriage. A father may be a gatekeeper to the family. You know, the scriptures say that the sins of the father come third or fourth four generations down the line. Why? Because that father, as a gatekeeper, allowed certain things into their life. Also, the blessing, it says, it goes, what, to a thousand generations? I can't remember. But a lot of them, a lot more. Gatekeeper in life. We all have heard of grandmothers and grandfathers that have prayed for their kids and their family has a tremendous heritage of salvation. Gatekeeper. Probably the number one gatekeeper I can think of is Jesus. And I think it's exemplified by his prayer, the Lord's Prayer. You know, if you listen to the Lord's Prayer, you know, Our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. Your kingdom come as it is in heaven. We all think about that prayer, but that's a gate, and he's a gatekeeper. Now, probably the number one most phenomenally scary thing he said to me was this. As a gatekeeper, what you allow in your life is allowed in your, in your area of influence. Now that's a rather scary thought. That means, you know, I always thought it was about trying to get this kingdom out to the people out there. It's always thought about just telling people about Jesus, interpreting dreams, telling people about what the Lord wants to do, all that. But I never imagined it was about me and what I allow in my life and you, what you allow in your life. We can get up there and we can talk to people and we can beat them to death with uh, religious scriptures and it has no effect. Why? Because we miss the principle of gatekeeping, I believe. Now, I, I can't give you a real long thing because I just got a download from the Lord about half an hour before I came here of what this is and what is stuff. I go, oh, that is a gate. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is. Jesus, oh, he is a gate. And, of course, Jesus had no sin. Why it was important he had no sin? Because what's in his life will come into the area. So he brought in a new, pure kingdom. Because he had no sin in him. And the truth is, what we have allowed in our life, and if you listen to this tape on Wednesday, it is three hours long. I, I actually listened to the car again, and it's got a lot of echoes to it, and I'm going to try to clean it up a little bit. I don't know if I can, so go listen to it, and just be in a place that you can, a quiet place. But it is a phenomenal teaching about these gates. It goes far past my understanding at this point. I'm sure I listen to it a lot more, and I'll learn a lot more as time goes along. But what we allow in our life ends up in the area we have influence with. What we allow. That is so scary. So, along with this week of me finding out a whole bunch of new information, 
God let me see all my crap in my life. It was not a pleasant week for my wife or me. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, huh? But the Lord showed me how much in there. Matter of fact, he even put a real mark on it by giving me a dream last night. It was one of the worst dreams I've ever had in my entire life. There was crap everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning literally everywhere. It was bad. You know, I always thought about it's what you say up here. No, it's not about what you say up here. It's who you are up here is what it's about. It's about who we become. And it's not just me, guys, saying you feel good. It's about you guys, too. Because the second thing he says, it's not only what about you allow in your life, it's what your church, and you allow in your church, and they allow in their lives as gatekeepers. Because that's what makes the difference for over the area. That's a phenomenal change of thinking for me. Which is the definition of repentance, by the way. It's a phenomenal change of thinking. It's a sure a lot easier to say this, this, and this. But it's a heck of a lot harder to look at what's going on in your own life and finding the shortcomings of it, which there's no end to it. I offended somebody really, did a real good job of offending the guy this week. And it was, a, it was an accurate word for him. Uh, I could have been wiser in what I said it. He was very, very young in the Lord, and he has great potential in the Lord. But I offended him because he, he, he thought he was all clean. And it wasn't anything about any sin in his life. It's about something that happened to him. But the farther you go along in the kingdom, the more you see your junk. Boy, I've had a real dose this week. It's not a good dose. I've had a real dose of this week. Don't know how to fix that. But I have to. Now, what I did find out about Gates, and I have very little time because I have to get out of here and catch this airplane, and I will teach you a lot more, as I know, and you can teach me as you learn, is that how the enemy works is when there's a gate, it's like a portal, whether it's to heaven or in, our gate, this guy thinks, is for Hollywood. He thinks it's for Santa Monica, Hollywood, and to the nations because of how we're situated, who he showed me. And this man's been doing this for 20-something years. He's been there for 20 years, and he's a master gatekeeper, I'm sure. He's never said anything like that, but he knows lots of gatekeepers, lots of different places that he allows with him, that God allows him to meet and train. But there is something that comes through this area. Wilshire Boulevard is a major gateway into Hollywood. This city, I didn't really realize, is a major financial capital of Hollywood. It is. Santa Monica is the financial capital of Hollywood. It's an amazing thing. And, and we have a very, very deep responsibility in how we deal with things. And when I talked to him, I says, we're a small church. And he says, it doesn't matter. And that's not the first time I've heard that. What it matters is who you are and the authority God has given you. He says, gatekeeping churches are hard to grow big because of, of the warfare that you have. Now, we're the Western Gate. The Western Gate is the gate of warfare. It's David's Gate. You know, it's the gate that takes the warfare. And God's called us as a warfare. And you, if you've been here any time, you know there's warfare here. Like you've never experienced in your life. I've been a Christian 35 years. I've never seen anything like the warfare I get now. Nothing like it. But you see, he didn't raise babies. He raised people to conquer and, and, and go through. And we don't have a choice of falling back because he says he'll be disappointed in us. He's called us to have a tenacity and to be a people that says, I will stop at nothing. Until God kings and established. Now that's all nice and neat, but really it starts with us. We're going to have to get really serious who we are as people. You know, 
what we're going to allow into our lives, and I don't mean in a legalistic way, but a heart that wants the best because we want to see the kingdom of God. You know, many times, John Paul Jackson wrote a book, and it says, uh, Needless Casualties of War. And it was talking about the type of warfare that people come up and they yell at the demonic realm and they, they fight them and they think that's the way of warfare for them. And there are some people sometimes somewhere that there's probably a place for that. But what I saw about the gate is, and the thing that we have to worry about, is the enemy wants to defile the people, the gate, the people, and the actual gate itself. Because when he defiles it, everything that it goes into gets defiled. And how we change that is the total opposite. And very much the opposite of ordinary times what we think. A lot of times we think about doing this and doing that. But it's not about that. It's about being different. Because how you change a gate is you sanctify it. You sanctify the gate. And that's how you beat the enemy at what he does. You don't yell at him, scream at him. You sanctify. You bring sanctification. First here, just like he says, it starts with the house of the Lord. First here, and this is the house of the Lord right here. First here, and then with the people around us, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, we're encouraging one another daily. We change that. We learn how to walk in the same a blessing, and we bless the land. And he says, you don't have to wait for a long time to see the change. You will see the change the next day begin to happen. You can start monitoring what happens as we learn to do this. It will bless us. Now, see, because if this truly is the gate to Hollywood, Hollywood has has defiled the nations. The nations. You know, that means you and I have defiled the nations. Just because we haven't done the same sin as someone else doesn't make us free. We have to deal with all the stuff in our life with a heart that wants to be pure. I've always kind of kept the area two to myself. You know, God says, no, you have to fully give yourself over to everything that I am and everything I'm called you to be, that I may bless who I want to bless. That's with each and every one of you that are in here today. That It's no accident that you're here today. God wants you to hear this message. God wants you to hear the beginning of what he wants to do in this area. Because we have a purpose that's greater than ourselves, And our purpose of how we live is greater than ourselves. It's not, it's not to say that, oh, I'm, look how good my life is. It's an example of how good we are, and it's a spiritual thing that we can't see. But the enemy can. The enemy can see what's in our life and what's not. He accentuates the bad. He causes this, and i got to go right now, but I just want to say this last thing in going, is that there was a couple things I noticed when I looked over, uh, when we looked over this thing. One, that it's a city of grace, as I told you before, I believe, and there's probably other things to it that we don't understand. But grace is very easy to file because you can have unsanctified mercy. That means you allow everything in one's life. That, you know, that it, oh, mercy, 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 mercy when the mercy's not supposed to be there. Because there's a certain mercy, you know. And, and then, for example, you could give something to somebody. And let's say fathers, very often with their children, they'll continually give their kids way mercy, way, and they never grow up. And they never get healed up. And there was a, there was a, a truth that had to be about it. It's mercy with truth brings a balance. So the idea of being over 
over-merciful on things and thinking that's holy is one of the ways the area got defiled. And the other thing that we have to watch out for, uh, and it's the one we noticed uh, at the very end, was, uh, uh, how do you say it? Um, uh, anybody wants to hide this one from me. Say it, but it, it's that thing of getting offended. It's one of the first things, we not one of the first, but one of the things we talked about early on is the spirit of Leviathan and all that junk was always kind of strange to me. But there is one of those around. And the enemy wants people to take offense. You know, when you take offense, that's how he destroys our gifting. Our gifting is, 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 uh, is mercy in this area. And so we have to take very careful, pay careful attention that we don't get offended with one another and other people. Now, personally, I don't get offended with people very easy. I get offended with people driving on the road, and I'm not kidding. I get offended with that, and that's when God has to deal with me because there's no room for it. There's no room for it anymore. God's made that extremely clear. Can't have that anymore, so you can't either. <laughs> so I've got to run now. We're going to have some worship, and Mondo's going to kind of lead some things, and Jay's going to close things up. And, uh, uh, and so I bless you. And Matt, oh, I close my thing. Who's got number six? I'm going to start reading that. The Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you be and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.